Hello, everyone. This is Kevin from the Airing of Grief team, and we want to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all of the griefers out there, which I don't think griefers has been a thing yet, but I'm saying it is now. And we especially want to thank everyone who has supported the podcast in any way. Everyone who has called in and written to Derek, everyone who has responded on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, everyone who has downloaded and shared episodes, everyone who is joining us on Patreon as a supporter there. We are just all so grateful to you and so excited for the community that you're helping us to build. So... We have a bit of a bonus episode we thought we'd release for Christmas. It's a little extra content here at mid-season one, which is going by so fast. We got together as a team and we recorded some discussion as a way to help everyone learn who we are and what we're doing, a bit of what our stories are, in the same way we've loved hearing the stories of those coming in. And so the first part of that discussion is here. It's just a raw, normal talk between friends, and we hope that you can get yourself a comforting beverage and really feel your place at the table. Enjoy. So, um, so here's where I think we could start. Is So we're, we are, as of this recording, we are three episodes in, mm-hmm. um, and we've all been working fairly separate from one another. I've been doing calls. John... Uh, strategizes behind the scenes and tolerates me and helps us stay organized um, and really is the reason we're probably doing all this because he's the one who sat with me during my record and said this is a bigger thing than your record and you should be in my and and our friend your better John's better friend Kevin is a genius and really you know could curate and turn this into even something more to which I said and also all of our mutual friend Jamie has to be a voice in this thing. And so if not for John lighting the fuse, who knows if we would be here or not. But um, but we all do this. And so, you know, and so Jamie has been, this is all for the benefit of the people listening. I know all of this. You know all of this. Um, this is that stupid part in the movie where you realize the writing's really shitty because right, char- 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 characters are narrating unnecessarily. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, show don't but, um, but, uh for for those, I'm now speaking to you, listener, who don't know, Jamie has been reading, has been the voice of our of our female letters, and Kevin has been the voice of our male letters, and Kevin also curates and assembles um, and literally produces the episodes, and I just do the calls. I just sit on the phone. I sit on Skype with people, which is probably the easiest of what everyone's doing. And um, But this is the first time that. that we've all gotten... I disagree with that. that this is, but, this is, but I'm talking now, so you don't get to disagree. <laughs> um, but uh, this is the first time that we have gathered in front of a microphone... Um, to record something together. We typically have all done this in a fairly detached way, which is cool that we can do it that way, and it's cool that it's we've managed to, to do it and be three episodes in and uh, work as efficiently as we have, but this is what I've missed. So I'd be curious, though, to hear from everybody kind of impressions so far of things that have stood out or things you've especially liked or not liked or favorite, least favorite moments um, <laughs> now that we're three episodes in. Hmm. Um, if anybody has thoughts on that. Before we get into episode specifics, can, oh, I, that's fine. can I ask a question? Yes. This is actually for my benefit. Sure. Also, the listener. I'm really good at playing the dumb guy. So this is John's voice, everybody. Hello. I'm John. Uh, John's the dumb guy. <laughs> no, I play the dumb Resident guy. Resident dumb right. guy. Are you in the image? <laughs> right. What? Are you on the image? Yeah, I checked. Okay. Okay, good. I framed it. Um, I, I want to know two things. One, why are we doing this? Hmm. What 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 was the hope going in? What what did we think the function was going in? Yeah. What has it turned into now? 
and what do we think it will be in the future? Hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, so why did we do this? Yeah. Why are we sitting in this room? Yeah. Aside from we happen to like each other, yeah. humans. But what are we hoping this? How do we help to hope to improve the world? Yes. You know, what does this add to? Are we just adding to the noise, or do we have hopes of adding something? Yeah. Beneficial. Yeah. And go. Well, what I could say is that when I, as an artist, go to make music, uh, primarily what you're typically doing is selfishly motivated. You're trying to emotionally survive and document your way out of complicated situations. Secondarily, you hope to provide soundtrack for people who might have also found themselves in similar situations um, in order to bring some sort of comfort to them. And the reason, and I think one of the hopes with what we're, what the whole area of grief thing has been is when I was talking to you because of other work that you and I do together about the record before it was coming out or the early response to the record, um, which is my documenting of, you know, maybe the hardest three or four years of my life going through uh, divorces, both horizontal and vertical. And um, you said to me, you know, this is good, this is honest, but what what about what comes next? And what about what's on the other side of deconstruction? What about reconstruction, even if it's apart from your previously your previous beliefs, even if right. it's not a reconstruction into evangelical Christianity? Self-reconstruction. That's right. What if it's just becoming acquainted again with... The vo- of with the voice of your intuition in your body mm-hmm. and may, and and what whatever it is like, it's great that you're providing. You've done a you've done your job in terms of looking at the world and describing it, and and people seem to be caught up and resonating with that. But what about where people go from there? And what about what's next? And what's on the other side mm-hmm. of that? And for me, I was obviously very resonant with that and and thought well if. Because what I don't want to do is is birth orphans, so to speak, like in terms of like helping people get their way mm-hmm. out of something or provide a safe passage or at least camaraderie along the journey of working their way maybe out of something or maybe back in. I don't know what people do with it, and that's not really my responsibility. But but it would be great to give those people something mm-hmm. to take them further, mm-hmm. which is a much bigger thing than me or my music or anything like that. It, it has to do with the thing that I think all four of us Intuited um, that we see, and and uh, in terms of the tide of de and reconstruction spiritually rising, there seems to be a lot of that going on. It seems to be a. Re- I have a lot of friends going through it. Mm-hmm. We all have a lot of friends, and we all have observed, and all of us on, on, on different degrees going through it ourselves. And um, so for me, it was like, well, if we can do it, we should. And if it's happening anyway, why not do it intentionally and why not do it well rather than leaving everyone to have these conversations on their own? Mm-hmm. We are friends who could be having this conversation, documenting it. I could be having the conversation with people who want to, um, either through letters or on Skype, but if people want to do that, we could be documenting all that and just throw all that out into the world so that people could maybe hear their own questions Mm-hmm. or doubts or frustrations mm-hmm. aired in that way and it helped move them along. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And um, I, like, I like the documenting of the journey part. Yeah. It feels like there's a lot of people that are writing from the bottom of the pit. Here's right. what's happening. I'm down in the mud. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And and I, I was hoping that there could be somebody on the other side waving the flag going, hey guys, come this I way. I'm on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's better. It's definitely better than the mud. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if this is the right place, but yeah. at least it's better than where you're at now. Yeah. A yeah. little hope. That's the same place I think that I that I jump in and, and I'm excited about it, the potential mm-hmm. of it. Because there's so much made of deconstruction itself. There's so much made That's of right. that process and everybody acts like it's such a harrowing process. But in my experience, deconstruction was extremely liberating. Mm-hmm. It was like mm-hmm. it was like I was on this mountain of bullshit and I started running down and you catch momentum. You don't even mm-hmm. need to run after a while. You start slipping and flipping and falling down and Especially rolling. Especially if it's made of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, the process of coming down from that yeah. was intensely liberating. Mm-hmm. It was when I got into like what John had said, we were talking earlier, like the valley below that I realized, oh, this is this is less fun now mm. without those certainties, without <clears throat> those constructs to support me. This is actually less fun. And, and you get into this place where there's everything is mundane and everything takes mm. a lot longer and and it stops being liberating because that liberation already came. And so then you're left wondering, well, what's next? It's not that I it's not because I want to go back. But at the same time, I expected this to continue being fun. And it's it's not. It's not the deconstruction process that is so hard for people. I think it's what comes immediately after yes. when you're left at empty, when yeah. you're left at ground zero. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I'm yeah, I'm excited to mm. unwrap that plate. That yeah, part. and I'm 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 here for that same um, kind of a position, but to in particular uh, illuminate the realities of what people are dealing with in that position, um, especially from the neurological standpoint Mm. and from the uh kind of i don't really know the um the things that could present as difficulties in healing and in further meaning making um Mm. to talk about the realities of what you experience when you're raised inside of a fundamentalist environment how that is psychologically and behaviorally maladaptive the things that you were handed the way that it shaped your brain you're not fucking crazy for the fact that there are certain things that you can't seem to surmount right now mm. there's a reason for that and mm-hmm. the reason for that is <clears throat> you know x y and z it's because and here's what happened in your brain when you were taught these things and this is why you're trying you're without catching it you're processing things this way so that that i think that there is definitely something obviously something crucial about giving language to the process and providing support in the mm-hmm. process and just removing the aloneness that a lot of people feel within it. But I also think that um, the amount of people that I've talked to when I give them a scientific explanation for something that they're dealing with in that process of deconstruction and reconstruction, um, the relief that happens in their, in their you know, even in their bodies, just mm-hmm. the, the, the relaxation, the relief that happens in their, in their bodies and in their, um, the way that they're relating to themselves, the amount of permission, the amount of grace, compassion, understanding they have for themselves, and then charting this new territory of, okay, I understand that I have to rebuild, but this is the way that I am allowed to rebuild and and rewrite that story. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very passionate about that side of it, is illuminating the realities of the difficulties that people are experiencing Mm -hmm. in the deconstruction, and particularly in the reconstruction process, is there are reasons why you're feeling and thinking the ways that you're feeling and thinking, and it has nothing to do with what the church warned you about the devil attacking you when you're on your way out. It actually has everything to do with the fact that this is the way that brains work. Um, Mm -hmm. So that, I feel like that provides a much, uh, there's an opportunity there to provide some support and a much safer passage to people in in offering that and um, offering Mm -hmm. those explanations and offering that kind of guidance and support. Mm -hmm. And that's why, and honestly, I mean, that's why, that's one of the reasons that I think you specifically, Jamie, um, are so crucial you know, to this thing because 
more so, well, I mean, Kevin, you're like very pastoral and you have that and you're a teacher and you have that instinct about you, I think. I think that's maybe part of your wiring or at least it's a mm -hmm. thing that you've done really well and that has been really impactful to people. Mm -hmm. And Jamie, you are, you spend a lot of your time like helping guide people through mm -hmm. the, 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 either the aftermath or into the, you know, um, the, uh, finding their way through really complicated parts of their story mm -hmm. and you know you, I, you're a hard your job is a hard thing to describe and I was about it's to say it's a very hard thing to describe yeah I mean you're part therapist part coach part I mean what is your business card says sex witch sex witch um, uh, technically I mean I, I can't I can't legally or yeah. you know morally say that I'm part therapist because I'm not a therapist yeah but sure coach, but I yes. can I mean, sure. uh, <laughs> no I'm joking if you, you, you want to call me that no, I'm but joking. I don't know but, but, but that's akin that. to what you do I mean yes, you, you, yeah. you're a holding this space for that yeah yes. you're a well resourced friend who can walk through things with people especially centered around trauma of a even of a of a mm -hmm. spiritual or sexual nature yeah. Yeah. And and that's part of how you come at it, and that's how, mm -hmm. part of how you look at it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like either of you. Mm -hmm. I'm like a bull in a china shop. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm used to going in and out of situations with no care for what happens behind me. Yeah. Um, you yeah, know, I don't have that at all. Huh? <laughs> I have a little bit of both somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, as someone who is like, you know, long before I met you, I was a fan for a long time. I'm not one of those Cademan's fans who's been... I literally thought he was about to say I'm not a fan anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm not anymore, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously. Right, but, right, right. Uh, I'm, I'm not one of those Cademan's fans. I was one of those people who took notice at She Must and Shall Go Free and for 10 years assumed that you saw the world the way I did. Right. You know, 10 years plus. It wasn't until more recently when, like, we were talking a Neogram and stuff like that where it was like, oh, Derek's actually more wired um, very directly and, you know, and desiring to be in harmony with what is right. And, um, you know, melancholy isn't actually home for him. Like it was for like, so I, I assumed for so long that you were, you were at home with what you were doing when it thought, oh, actually a lot of this is torturing to him where it was mm -hmm. like, to me, it was just real, you know, that was fine. But the, um, the entire process of, of getting into that with, this album specifically because that's become our theme for the season you know yeah. and getting going song by song it really is is liberating in a new way because as I'm as I'm examining that content and trying to help us all shape it it's like you said it's like I'm getting a chance to be a pastor again which I haven't mm. been since 2008 yeah. but I'm not doing it in the realm of something that you know when I no longer wanted to be a professional Christian <laughs> um, I'm no longer doing it in the realm that is this tiny little realm for this tiny amount of people with That's only right. this tiny amount of language. Like I'm getting to use something that is natural to me, but in a way that is so much more natural to how to who I want to be and yeah. who I am naturally. My yeah. my problem when I was the the most mm -hmm. churchy guy ever was constantly that it's like I would I would go to service after service and not resonate with anything being said or sung. And then I would go to movies and I couldn't stop crying or I'd mm -hmm. listen to music and mm -hmm. I couldn't stop crying. And, and it was like, if there's so much beauty in this place over here that we're supposed to be afraid of, there's gotta be some truth there alongside of it because I have no other way to understand why I'm resonating to that strong of a degree. But I start to wonder things like, like even in saying like in, in how we're different and what, what like Jamie is helping people to realize and stuff with their own processes. It's like, as I got more familiar with your history and and the uh, the theological backdrop you come from, mm -hmm. with it being more reformed and yeah. more um, uh, more whatever, I came from 
a more Arminian background. So I grew up getting saved every week, mm -hmm. you know, praying mm -hmm. the prayer just to be sure. Sure, absolutely. Um, which I wonder, <coughs> between the, the neuroses provided by, like, I am the chosen one mm -hmm. versus mm. I better be sure, I wonder yeah. where those intersect, you know, as you were saying that. I wonder what what weird psychology, <laughs> psychological baggage that gave us that's the same a yeah. lot. or what's different. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. There's, there is a lot that is the same and there is a lot that's different. There's a lot, as far as what's the same, um, there's a, um, a difficulty in, and left unchecked, left unacknowledged, um, left undealt with, there's a difficulty in, um, and some, some blockages towards self-actualization, mm. um, which is, you know, the kind of top tier of Maslow's hierarchy of needs because those base level. It's John's favorite thing. jam. Oh, that'll be in my thesis. That's that, like a that crux pyramid. of... That's I'm such a Maslow fan. So, okay. You know, it's printed, where I get dressed every morning, it is printed and sticking on my wall every day. You must hate fundamentalist also, religion then. Also, side note, John has a thing that's printed on his wall in the place that he gets dressed in the same place every morning. That's John Allen in a nutshell. Because he gets dressed <laughs> in the same yeah. place every Yeah, when morning. he was talking to me about doing the same thing, he's like, put it where you get dressed every morning. And I was like, where do I get Who dressed every dressed morning? Who gets dressed in the same place? Right, this assumes hey, I get I'm dressed in the same place. I wake up in the same place right. every morning. I do. This assumes I'm awake you, every morning. You, of course you do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm a you solid, can... confident five on the Enneagram. And I, am, I, oh, I want to build wow. something yeah. once, and I don't ever want to deal with it again. Dude, I swear to God, I've, I know that I've been told I'm a one, but... Everything you ever, every way that you self-describe is exactly the my my every actual time life. Every you come in the studio mm. and something's out of place, you explode because it's probably because you set it up once and then those guys that were doing construction moved it. Well, oh. and everything I do, I guess I I'm fascinated that everyone doesn't do this, but everything I do, I do for a very specific reason. So if that thing is sitting over there, it's not just because I put it over there. I don't just put anything anywhere. No, I think circles around all that shit and same. Right, so Everything. I gotta get retested. Okay, a shitload of people that anyway. I know that have taken it that I think are different numbers all turn out as ones. I don't know what that is. I, I turned out as a one. When I, I, I turned out as a one. That's the, the chicken of the enneagram. It. Did we all at some point misidentify as ones? Because I think you. I, I, I tested as a one and a five, but You're I'm a four. You're the one that said I was a five. Yeah, okay. but you you tested as a one first, and I told you you were a five. I I think that part of that is that we all just want to be Richard Rohr. Well, just yeah, we're trying so hard. Just because just because you do have a dominant thing. I mean, this is starting to get into a neogram theory, obviously. But more, we should do a whole thing just on that. Yeah, you really should. But there've been test me live and. And we'll talk about the whole thing. Ooh. Yeah. Well, there's See, been... look at me. I'm such a fucking narcissist, though. <laughs> I, I, lo I love how I just said, "Let's do me. Let's uh, and then no, let's talk and then let's talk about me." In a cage, and well, I don't think that's narcissistic at all. Sorry. Five, anyway. with, five with a four wing seems more likely than one with a nine or one with a two. I was, a, I was a one with a nine. With a nine or a two wing. I was a one, I was a one with a nine. Done for me with you being no. No, you're not. No, you're. I'm a totally different, total human being. Literally, I've been biologically regenerated what how many times okay. since since I took different. that the test thing is, I know I'm just joking the, thing is the point is it was a long time ago you, uh, the so, thing is that the three subsets of the Enneagram all correspond to three sets of human emotions right yes right, right. and just because you you hmm. say in this case are, are dominated by the fear and anxiety angle and as a result for fives if that's definitely John and likely you 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 live in a world where you externalize your fear and anxiety to set up a world that's safe that, and yeah. and yes. that, so it's you won't be uh, over encumbered mm -hmm. or anything like that right yeah. you only want to reveal yourself when you're ready uh, when you feel like you're drawing from your your resources otherwise you you prefer to stay 
stay stay hidden a bit. And the um, well, hold on. The can thing I, is that for people who are not an Enneagram Jedi like you, can you explain the three the triad? That you're yeah, that was what I was gonna say. Is just because mm-hmm. that's your primary. Um, your most deep-seated emotional mm-hmm. thing doesn't mean you don't have a dominant way you express anger and frustration, mm-hmm. 891, or guilt and shame, 234, yeah. right? So I'm a dominant four, but when it comes to uh, when it comes to the way I express my fear and anxiety, I'm more of a seven, and when it comes to the way I express my my, my anger or my frustration, I'm, I'm an eight. And so tri-type theory has existed for three years. It doesn't it doesn't take away from your dominant number, but mm-hmm. the idea is that you have this expressive thing. Are there so, specific tri types? Uh, yes, there's 27 possible co- so combinations. Of, so you could really be any kind, or are there ones that are off limits of the combination? Well, you can only combine one from each of the three. Sure. So that's why there's only 27 Okay, but any, any combination of all three is possible. Right. That makes sense, because the very first time I ever took it, I was dead even split one and a five and an eight. Mm-hmm. And someone told me that was wrong. Well, one, five, and eight couldn't happen, but three, five, and eight How could co- be. Wait, I just asked you that, though. I was like, so any combination Because eight possible? and one are both ang- eight and one are both anger Do we need a types. diagram? But I'm really fucking angry. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> you, you, freely express, not, you freely express You haven't met that, my though. mother, but if you had, you would know where that right, came from. Right, but your primary way of expressing your anger is to maintain boundaries. It's because, yeah. because you, want, you want to be, to be seen. So don't fucking tell a, me I can't be a one and a five and an eight. <laughs> You you maintain I'm boundaries and and for, for a good and beautiful reason you want to be kind of magnanimous you want to be yeah. you know you want you want to have yeah. power for your yeah. sake and others it's safest that way right so there you go that's why you so can't you can only oh, have that looks satanic in so the I have to be thing, a, no I this have is to so be what I'm going to edit out of this no, 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 conversation no no but that's no not it. that's not it because that's where you go in health and where you go in stress that's no 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 see no look at the black lines so you can only have one from each of those three subsets instinctive feeling and oh I think that's shit I think it's bullshit. I think it's bullshit. Because what that's the fuck the am eight, I supposed to be? But, 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 <laughs> he just said that's the eightest thing you've ever said. Of course. Said. <laughs> yeah. oh I my say God. a lot of eight things. Okay, here's what I got to do, though, really quick. I can't quick. be a two or a three or a four. I just can't. I don't know. Okay. Okay, here's what I got to do really quick, though. Okay. Because we're, because we're talking so much about Enneagram know. stuff, which I, of all of us, know the least about, and all of my friends who talk such a quick shorthand about Enneagram, and I never ever follow them because I don't know much about it, and you guys all know a ton about it, we should probably tell people really quick where they what's a good where can someone go to where's where's the jumping off spot where you can go is there a place you can go online and like answer a bunch of questions like Myers-Briggs and it'll tell you something about what your number might be and shit like that the better ones you have to pay for yeah but the problem even with those tests is that we all delude ourselves about ourselves that's that's one thing our best friend should take the test for us right you should either do if you can't do it in a community of your family and best friends then you should take it for you I was gonna say I should I have to take the Enneagram with Jamie sitting next to me oh my god yes because otherwise I recommend for people who've never done it before I always tell them just go to enneagram.net the type descriptions there are really solid and then there, go to the section and where it explains the types. There's, click on one of the nine buttons, read the opening paragraph, and something is going to hit you. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah. not like nine numbers. It's not that many. You can read all nine. Right. 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 If you want to take the test, just read all the executive right. summary for the nine. And I'll read it for you. One I'll of them is going to freak you <laughs> out. You're a fucking five. Of course you are. <laughs> You're absolutely hey, a five. You could also be a seven, by the way, though. Oh, God. Because He's not a seven. It would explain He's your not. relationship to five and one, depending on He's stress or He's not a seven. This Seven's is the, my wing. He's this, not fucking. This, this, this is like the time a few years ago when I had a, cr- a total crisis. I mean, it was a nice thing, but it was also felt like a crisis. <laughs> it was a where, nice crisis. Where, where I realized that I might, I've always self-identified as an introvert. I'm a loud mouth and I fake extroversion well. It's a learned skill for me. Sure. But Same. ultimately, I recharge. Like I can in the short term use the energy of a group 
and perform it back for them. And I, I mean, all the classic extrovert things, but, but my, from a textbook standpoint, I recharge in isolation. I recharge yeah. alone. That's yeah. where I get my energy back. Yeah. But I had this thing, maybe it was when you and I were talking about, where I was like, oh my God, I'm, but I might be an extrovert. <laughs> and that would change everything about how I see myself and it would really right. freak me out to think yeah. of myself an extrovert. Yep. I don't know enough, luckily, about the Enneagram to where if I change my number <laughs> or something, is that common or is it just... Like, is there is there micro and also macro change when it comes I, to Enneagram I don't numbers? personally think so. Or was I just so. misdiagnosed? Yeah, that's the thing. When I first took... <laughs> Such a fun. When I first Oh, my God! <laughs> Hold on. He's on to something with the seven thing. No, when I was... When I, I was first... I want to hear Kevin's answer. When yeah. I was first doing, like... When I first got into typology, I got into yeah. Myers-Briggs. Hey, then, hey, hey, hey. We only got one microphone. <laughs> okay, go, no, so no, I, got this, I know, I know. We can't sidebar. We I have no mic into, for that. I got into checking out Myers Briggs, <laughs> and then over the course of like two years, my type entirely changed. Mm. And then over two years, it changed again. Your Myers Briggs changed. Yeah, I had someone tell me once that it never does, and that was shit. See, no, it's totally because because it's it's entirely and Myers Briggs is derived entirely of your function and your behavior. Yes, you know, and that's that's actually very cheap. <clears throat> that's very superficial. Um, I was an introvert when I was religious. Now that I'm not anymore, right? I'm yeah, I would never I accuse you of that. I know. Because, well, because it wasn't safe. The right. environment wasn't safe, Absolutely. so I had to recharge alone. Right. That's how. But I didn't know it wasn't safe. My body knew it wasn't safe, but I didn't understand that. So now that I'm surrounded by safe people, I absolutely recharge uh, in the presence of and safe And the, the symptom of that in the enneagram uh, is yeah. that all evangelical Christian women test as twos, even though that actually applies to very few of them. Like my wife is a two, yeah. And so I'm very good at being like, no, you're not. Helpers. You know, like, no, you're yeah. not. Wow. That's why I never fit because I would always test as an eight. No one likes me. No, the eights are hard in general. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I know people already. Eights don't are like all this, of my favorite and least favorite people. Oh yeah, for because sure, they're you, my favorite. Because, because you live entirely in the open <clears throat> yeah. for the sake of yourself and those that you love, yes. and that's that's beautiful. There's there's a there's like there's not a narcissism really to that, at least not not compared to the kind I know. Well, for anyway, though, when I when I got into the enneagram, when I first read about type four, I was like, wow, that doesn't just describe where I am now. That describes my first memories as a human being. Mm-hmm. You know. That that describes who I've always been. I don't think that changes. Yeah, because that's fair. because the yeah, enneagram some shit's is got to be hardwired. You know, like I mean, not everything oh, yeah, can sure. change. Yeah, because yeah, because when you when you think about there are central things that have always motivated you. Yes, there are central things that's you've right. always desired. There are central things you've always been afraid of, and there are and those things don't tend to change. And it's mm-hmm. to the to the degree that most of us go around this world assuming everyone is approaching. And, and engaging and wrestling with everything the same way we are. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a freedom to realizing that, oh, that's actually just my own thing. <laughs> like I'm literally the only person here who's worried about those things right. in this particular group dynamic. Um, it, you know, that, that for me was incredibly freeing. It actually made me feel slightly less like an alien for the first mm. time in my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, wow. because assuming that everybody's doing the same thing and then noticing that no one responds the yeah. way you do is really depressing. Right. You know? Well, and that kind of thing makes me feel nuts because I'm such a, I don't know what number I am, but I'm such a hyper analyzer. And so I can't Five. not notice. <laughs> I know. But so I can't not notice everything. I, I don't know. do it on purpose. But, and I'm, and I can't imagine, it's hard for me to, I, I believe people when they tell me, and I have some of my dearest friends and I was in a band, you know, one of my dearest friends I was in a band with for 10 years was the opposite of me. He didn't notice anything. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me not to think that he was secretly noticing everything and not, not owning responding. up to it just yeah. to be an asshole. And he's not an asshole at all. He's actually one of the freest, like, he, he was like always on an adventure. And I was like, man, I wish I could be more like that, but I can't not notice 
everything along the way and right. I'm sometimes really encumbered and paralyzed by it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that way. Right. But I know there's some everything. types that are denial types and there's some types that are engaging types. You know, every every type is like either internalizing or externalizing or, yeah. s- or swallowing and pretending it doesn't exist with any of those central emotions. Yeah. So you've got like your threes, your phobic sixes, your sevens and your nines and those are the people that, that might be harder for your ones and your fives and your fours and, it, or, and eights mm-hmm. to, to necessarily yeah. like to ride with at all times yeah. because because you're like aren't you frustrated yeah aren't you sad aren't you, aren't you terrified right this? now like yeah. how are you not uh, you know like and, and a lot right? of us then feel like we have to overfeel for those people yeah yeah because true. they don't and uh, and yeah they're they're fun though i mean they they keep us from getting too mired i guess yeah <laughs> they're fine in small doses uh, also fine. you'll have a tendency if you are a five you'll have a tendency to idealize the people who are um your health move in your case, eights, you know, because you're your most healthy. You are a five. <laughs> you are a five at their most. You could have said that, and it would have been like, oh, of course he's a five. Right. Of course he is. Right. Wait, no, say that. So say it. So in, say in it. health, a five <laughs> takes from their well of resources and mm-hmm. things they feel kind of expert about, and they they learn to strut a bit with that, and they move out into their their power mode, and they express that for other people. So that introversion becomes some extroversion, and. And, and, you know, in, in my case, like as a four, I moved to one. It's a similar move. Four and five are close brothers. Mm. Um, but, you know, I take that, you know, that well of melancholy and, and my, my, uh, my embracing of emotional depth and pain and deprivation and all the other things that mm-hmm. so many people try to avoid. And I can, I can move that concretely mm. to being someone who reforms and who mm-hmm. uh, improves and is driven in that, in that regard. So it's a similar move for those two otherwise kind of excluded alien people. Mm. Um, in your in your unhealth, you would move to seven. That's why I said there's still a relationship there with with whatever fives move to seven in unhealth, and they kind of wear sevens clothes poorly, um, where you kind of just become passive and dismissive and uh, and and gluttonous, <coughs> not mm. in the sense of like overeating, but overstimulating, overdoing, mm-hmm. never saying no, and and just kind of wrecking your safe environment. Mm-hmm. That is what keeps you you, and and you know. Does that sound all right? <laughs> no, it's it's right. Yeah. That's right. He's a it five. does. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not I'm it not does doing actually. That. It sounds yeah. super. I've seen him in health and in and in, in very. You not have. Right. She has. Like fives. Fives sure. are the people who they are the classic. Like in a movie, when that person who had it all together just doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah. When That's they always break. a five. Yeah. And then like they don't bathe and they drink too much and all that stuff. That is that is overindulgence. Yeah, that's overindulgence. Well, well, I naturally have a very extreme personality, so I do nothing in moderation. So it's like. I I'm I'm going all the right. so even even my self destruction I mean whatever it is I'm doing I'm committed to I'm gonna even do it means, if it's worth doing it's I'm worth doing well deeply committed even to if it means wrecking my life uh, so you remember that one time we said that we wanted to type Derek live yeah it did happened. we just do it Ta-da! well I know but but we're really yeah we'll really um, you have to do some homework you have to I, do I'll, I'll, I yeah I've got some I've got with some a friend say a, a friend who will be like no you don't I already know your Myers Briggs types too even though you think that you I don't even know what any of that shit no I know I've already figured that I figured that out like a year and a half ago to be honest Myers Briggs didn't do much for me. That's fine. I just started. You're the well, entrepreneur type, but yeah, it's not a strong assessment of your. Yeah. It didn't actually help me in my life. It's <laughs> superficial. Cool. Is, is that it's more fine. of like a team building thing? Like all these <laughs> number letters, and they put them with all those letters, and then they could, they'll be more efficient for kind our bottom of, line kind of thing. Uh, maybe. I like Myers Briggs because there's the the best thing about Myers Briggs is there are 16 of them, and the two core parts equal like four little tribes, and they correspond pretty well 
to Harry Potter houses. That's oh my, my favorite thing about Myers-Briggs. <laughs> Everything else seems very superficial. <laughs> that's that's great. amazing. Yeah, you know, like, great. yeah, like NFs are, uh, are Gryffindor, you know, and you just kind of go from there. And it's, it's actually, that's, I think she was, she was onto something with those, but. Wow. Did, yeah. did, 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 has she ever said that that was any part of her, I, how I, she organized the houses? I haven't seen that, but okay. it would be so fun Maybe. if she did. You know she did. So, so we kind of, I mean, not that there's like topics, but I feel like we maybe veered a little bit off of it. No, it's great. It's probably fine. 100% right? of that was great. I just didn't know if there is. I wanted to, I wanted to read something. All right. So that's just the introduction to this discussion. And it for sure moved into some deeper and more resonant territory. Uh, there's definitely a lot more of it, which we're going to be making available to our patrons in a couple more installments very soon if you haven't considered supporting the airing of grief through patreon definitely check out the link at our website and you can get access to the rest of this producers meeting along with other things that we've been working on but until next time keep tuning in check out the airing of if you haven't seen the site or read the companion pieces to each of the episodes and we will see you after church each sunday for the airing of grief